First thing, happy Father's Day to everybody. Um, so, kind of worked out really good because I didn't make a slideshow for the thing today, but there's no screen today because we're locked out. So, the title of the message today is, What is a Father? So, I looked up on Google just to see what the definition that it had of what a father is on there. And it says, a man in a relationship with his child or children, which that's a good definition, but I don't agree with it. I think one word needs to be changed in there. So instead of a man in a relationship with his child or children, change his to a, because a father is not defined by blood or DNA. Um, so I've, I'll share a little bit more of my story here in a little bit, but... For the first thing, so what are some characteristics of a father? This is a Q&A, so I ask a question, you blurt out answers. So, what is the characteristics of a father? Protector of God. The Holy God. The Holy God. He's a protector. Protector. Provider. Provider. Got it. Strength. Strength. Understanding. Understanding. Patience. Yes, patience. Love. Love. So I looked up uh, a couple of different ways to describe a father from a man's perspective. A good disciplinarian allows his kids to make mistakes, open-minded, teaches appreciation, except that his kids aren't exactly like him, spends quality time, leads by example, supportive and loyal, challenges his kids, protects and shows unconditional love. So those are some really good characteristics. So, seeing that I have a son and a daughter, I need to look at it from both perspectives. So what are the characteristics of a father that comes from a woman? <clears throat> so being a great teacher, quality, quality time, respects his wife, provides necessities, has patience to listen, the source of encouragement, a wall of trust and security, Shows affection and a protector. So there's a couple different ones in between the qualities that are needed of a father from a son and a daughter. So, like the ones that you uh, told me earlier. So all of these characteristics are correct and all show characteristics of God the Father as well. Because that's our, our job is to show the characteristics of Christ from the Father out to everybody that we know. So like the ones that you said. Um, this is, I'm going to read a lot of stuff because it's not up over here because I have a lot of characteristics and the verses that go with them. So if you want to write them down, I'll talk really slow. So loving. 1 John 3, 1. Caring. Matthew 6, 6. Kind. Ephesians 2, 7 through 8. Sovereign. Psalms 103.19. Compassionate. Psalms 103.8. A shepherd. Psalms 23, 1-3. Giving. John 3.16. Ever-present. Psalms 46.1. Faithful. Lamentations 3.22-33. A refuge. Psalms 91, 1 through 2. Merciful. 
Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. Gracious. Psalms 116, 5. Strong. Psalms 24, 8. Our healer. Exodus 15, 26. Forgiving. 1 John 1, 9. Powerful. 1 Chronicles 29, 11 through 12. Good. Psalm 36, 1. The one who saves. Zephaniah 3, 17. Righteous. Psalms 145.17 Our Helper Isaiah 41.10 And The One Who Makes All Things New Revelation 21.5 So Seeing how God our Father has these characteristics that are given to us because we are, we are called to show the love of Christ through, through us and it being the example of Christ we are to show all of these characteristics not only to our children but to everybody that we come in contact with so uh, the, the second bullet of today's message is from a father's perspective so being a father myself um, puts everything in a completely different perspective on how we view our Father in Heaven. It makes me understand one verse so much better, and that's Matthew, or two verses, Matthew 18, 2 through 4. It says, and calling, him to, and calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of Heaven. Whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So, some of you, it's been a while since we've been children. Some of you, it's not been that long. But for a father to a newborn almost, it puts it in a completely different perspective of how I look at this verse now. So, how to become like a child. We have to, we have to be very moldable and how we think and how we're taught because as you get older you get different perspectives from different people and they can either help you grow to be a childlike mind or they can corrupt it and those are two big things that are on the complete sides of the spectrum that one is so good and one is so bad so how does a father how does a child look at their father so, me being in my 30s, my dad is older than me. I look to him for support, for wisdom, for help, for comfort. I mean, all these other characteristics, just in a different way from a child, but I'm still, I'm still his son. So, and I still need to look at it at, at that from a certain perspective. So, how, how I worded this in here, so... Without a doubt, 100%, a child can trust that they will be taken care of because they don't know any better. They have not had the corruption that we have as adults to fill our bodies, to fill our minds, to fill our hearts, to say, what if they don't take care of me? They don't have that thought. They are completely dependent and know that 100% their best interest 
is my interest. That that is it. That they are taken care of. So how do we show our Heavenly Father that we are completely dependent on Him? And how God always has our best interest. But sometimes we have that little doubt of corruption that says, what if He doesn't? But in the sovereign part of His character, He always does regardless of what the outcome is. We may not agree with it, and we may not want that outcome, but he is the one that gets all the glory. Yeah. Yeah. So, like Josh and Gene has been saying, it's really not about you. It's about him. And that's it. So, why, why do children think that way? Is because they don't know any other way other than I'm going to be taken care of, I'm going to be fed, I've got a place to go, I have no worries in the world. So, for example, I could have Summer in my arms, and I could toss her up in the air. And I know Becky's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> but the thing is, Summer knows that I'm going to catch her, and that nothing's going to happen even though we're not going to do that. But know that if that did happen, I would get her. <laughs> so, what's that? I'll do it anyway. Me and Brian used to throw Will all across the church. Actually, from about where we are right now, Will would fly through the air like Superman. But, uh... <laughs> yes. There is proof, and that will never happen again. In front of Becky. Yes, in front of Becky at least. What? In front of Becky at least. So, lastly, I want to talk about what the importance of a father is. So like those characteristics we talked about from the first point, uh, the importance of a father, to raise up, to love, to sacrifice, to forgive, to lovingly correct, to teach. So that is that are what we are called to do with our children. And if you look at all of those things right there, that is the same thing of what we are to do with other people as we're discipling them. So discipleship starts with our kids to raise them up so they can go out and do the same thing. So if you're not doing that with your kids and teaching them and loving them, sacrifice, forgive them, all these other things, that needs to start at home. That needs to be the focus of where your child is going. And the same thing for me. I have two of them I have to, to teach and do all that stuff too. And, but it shouldn't be a chore. It should be something that I want to do for them. Do I want them to grow up in a corrupt world where they don't know any better and they think that they can just go out and do whatever they want to? No. I want to raise them up and teach them the ways of what Jesus would want them or want of them and the character that they should reflect of him. So the importance of God the Father is to be dependent of salvation. That is Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Forgive me, I did not mark this one in my Bible. Mm -hmm. 
2, 8, 9 says, for, great, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not as a result of the works, so that no one may boast. So we know that um, the importance of God the Father is the salvation that he gave us through Jesus. Um, God the Father is important because he gives us wisdom. That's James 1.5. And in the back of the Bible. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So if that's one thing that we can ask for, why don't we just ask God for our wisdom when he will give it generously to us? And uh, the last one is a just a combined importance which boils down to one word, which is everything. You know, he is important to us because of everything. He created us. He created this earth we live in. He created the environment we live in. He created the earth we breathe, the air we breathe, the people that we talk to. He is important because he gave us all of that stuff freely for us to use, but in one thing in mind, to give him the glory. So, a couple of things of, of why... Why an earthly father is important. So last year I did, I read a couple of books on being a better dad that your son needs and being the, the father your daughter needs. And completely two different perspectives from the same guy. Uh, the same author wrote both of these books. But one thing that he talks about of what a son needs is almost like, almost like knighthood, if you look at it this way. The, the, the father teaches the son everything he knows to be a, a good man. And then at some point, it's like knighthood. He knights him and says, all right, you are now a man, and we are equals. We are both brothers in Christ, and I'm your father, and I'm here for you as a son. But from now on, we are the same. And I cannot teach you how to be a better man because I've already taught you everything I know. But that doesn't mean that you clam up and you go away and never talk to them again or never teach them anything because we're always growing and we're always learning. So it still is like discipleship. If we're constantly growing and learning, we're constantly teaching our kids or our friends or our brothers or whatever the case may be. And the biggest thing that he talks about of what a daughter needs is of what a daughter needs is how to be treated as a woman by showing my daughter how a man needs to treat her by the way that I treat my wife. Do I show her respect? Do we fight all the time? Do we do all this other stuff that doesn't make any sense to a little child that doesn't know any better? Because the biggest thing he talks about is is affection that's in there. My dad never showed affection to me or my mom. So what is the first thing that happens at that point? The first guy that uh, 
gives affection to this girl, that's it. And that's all they know because that's all they want. And that's all that they needed from their dad sometimes was just to say, hey, I love you. And this is what you deserve. And to go from there. So just remember that. Um, so being a father is not the same whether you have a son or a daughter. You have different perspectives that you have to, you have to cater to. And it's our jobs as fathers to do that. Now, I'm not just saying it's all on the fathers to do this. The mothers do too, but today's Father's Day, so I'm calling you guys out. So, so, still on the importance of a father, or of the father, is the father's investment in this. So do I take the time, do I invest in my kids and to raise them right, or the way that I would teach them, or the way that Jesus would teach them the characteristics to love and to, and to treat everybody equal? Am I investing in my children to do that? If I'm not, I should be. Because our, our Heavenly Father, He invested big time. He invested big time. John 3.16 He gave His only Son for us. For salvation. It's how much He loved us. So when we think that our kids aren't important enough to do this, that's a... I mean, we got another thing coming if that's what we think. Because... His investment was big. Bigger than anything we can ever imagine. So why can't we invest the same thing in our children? To do, to do right by them, to do right by what God did for us. In that aspect of it. Um, I just want to share just a, a story of a story about me. Uh, for you guys that don't know, uh, my last name has not always been Herrick. I used to be a holler, is what it was. So my my biological father wasn't there when I was born, and my stepdad adopted me when I was nine. So my last, or actually when I was seventeen, when he came into my life, I was nine. So he's been my dad for my entire life. So when I tell you that um, being a father to someone does not require DNA. It really doesn't, because I can count on a on my on my hand a handful of guys that have been father-like people to me throughout my life. Um, this one being one, my dad. Um, it's hard to describe that that love because if it's not your child but you see it as your own. That's the biggest thing. So the, the, the best the words to describe the way the love is is like being a stepdad because it's not technically your children, but they are because you chose and accepted that. Um, you don't have to be a biological dad to be the father. Traits of an earthly father are not bound in blood. Our heavenly father secures us in the blood of Christ. So I, I, I hate the term stepdad, but that's the best way to describe it. But I've never referred to my dad as my stepdad. He's my dad. But in the same thing of that is he didn't have to step up to do that, but he did. Just like uh, our Heavenly Father did not have to step up to save us from an eternal uh, being in hell. But he did. He loved us that much to do that. Um, 
sometimes the best conversations or talks we can have are with people that aren't our dads, but I could say that at that moment, he gave me the best fatherly advice a father could give me. And one of those guys is Jim Douglas. It was one five-minute conversation we had that changed my life. So thank you for that. Uh, and I can say the same thing for Gene of, of working with him and discipling me and same thing for Brian. Um, just does not have to be my father, but man, it's so close to it. So thank you guys for that. So just remember that we it's not about us. It's about Him and showing the love of Christ to everybody that we come in contact with so that way, regardless if they see Jesus or not, they did. They saw Him plain as day and they have no doubt of what just happened. So regardless if that's with your kids, your spouse, your friends, your family, and just show the love of Christ because that is showing what it means to be a father. It's just, it's just so important nowadays for for families to have that father figure in there, because um, you have broken families and boys don't know how to grow up to be men without a man teaching them how to be a man. So, just know that we're all called to do the same thing. Uh, it's up to uh, it's up to us to accept that challenge to be that father figure. Uh, it may just be to a friend of mine that's the same age as me. But he is in need. Just to show the love. So, on the end of what is a father and the importance of a father, it's a lot. God called us to be fathers. So why not do it? Pastor Gene.